I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, how are you, bro? I've missed you. It's been, what, three hours since last I shared a, a, a microphone with you, so to speak. But three days since the audience has seen us together. And I know they're so used to seeing Nick and Scott. Sorry to disappoint you guys in advance, but we're back on with the MHH podcast tonight. Chad, we have a new addition to the roster that I'm kind of excited about to go over. So we'll get into it tonight. Indubitably. Before we do, real quick, guys, just want to remind you, connect with us on Twitter. One of the reasons why that is even more crucial today is every single weekday if you're living out of market if you're not in the greater denver area you can still listen to the mile high huddle show on mile high sports radio if you're following us on twitter you'll get the links every single day to listen live the link every single day so connect with zach at kelberman nfl myself at chad and jensen and you will never miss an episode zach the broncos two weeks in a row the leading tackler from said game gets handed his walking papers. Do I detect a weird pattern here? I don't know. Tell everybody why Barrington Wade got the freaking axe and who the Broncos signed in his place. Yeah, apparently Barrington Wade was injured at some point. I think it's just a sneaky way of saying he's not good enough to be on the roster anymore, considering how the defense has played, at least in the Buffalo game. But yeah, the Broncos signed another inside linebacker, Jeremiah Gemmel or Gemmel. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'll make sure in the future. He was a three-year starter regardless for North Carolina. He had 135 solo tackles, 20 TFLs, six and a half sacks, three interceptions. You know, he's not the most imposing guy, six foot one, 225 pounds, but he is nicknamed the general. And he's nicknamed that because of his intense and overwhelming leadership abilities. He was a two-time captain for the Tar Heels. And now he's uh, the latest inside linebacker to try to carve a spot in that Denver defense. Man, he's a little uh, he's a little light for linebacker at 225. That must be yeah. a college listing. Is, is that where that came from? 
Yeah, according to uh, sportsreference.com, I'm oh. six foot one, two twenty five. So I'm assuming. Okay, but I'm getting like Wesley Woodyard vibes, man. Wesley Woodyard arrived as an undrafted rookie out of Kentucky, uh, two twenty, two twenty five, maybe soaking wet. And I was like, yo, is this dude going to be able to hold his sand in the league as a linebacker? And he he went on to put on some some pounds, but not that much. And he ended up being one of the better off-ball linebackers of that Broncos era. Now, granted, that was at a time when they were running 4-3. And so he played that will where, you know, he was kind of free for the most. He was on the edge, not rushing, but in space on the edge as a weak side linebacker. So not too often did that lack of you know, size, power, strength, whatever, haunt him. So interesting addition. Uh, we've been getting asked all day, hey, is this a good pick? Guys, it's a bottom of the roster fodder type of pickup. We'll see if it can stick because sometimes guys come from that. Like Jonas Griffith. Yeah, the Broncos acquired him via trade last year, Zach, but it was like afterthought. It was like a, it was like a futures acquisition. Like, hey, maybe this guy could be something in the future. Same with this. Sam Bam, bro, you should be getting your hat any single day. Any day. And when you do, make sure you send us uh, a selfie because we will put that up on our social. Appreciate that early super chat, big dog. He says, uh, hello, two weeks until the opener and 15 days until the Broncos opener. I'm talking the home opener. Go Broncos. Which QB do you think starts for the Seahawks? Zach, what's the latest you've heard on the subject? Just to put the little check mark on the you know the inside linebacker signing i did yeah, look yeah. on the 49ers website because he spent the offseason with them as a dfa and they listed him as 6'1 225 so that's indeed okay what he is and to the future projection of mr jeremiah chad i think the broncos wanted to put barrington wade on the practice squad and maybe this guy can be the one for one replacement he's not going to make the final roster but maybe he'll find a spot on the PS. Uh, we're talking about week one quarterbacks in Seattle, are we? Uh, <laughs> P. Carroll came out and said that Geno Smith uh, suddenly has always been the number one, and Drew Locke will play about three quarters in the preseason finale. So it's going to be Geno Smith, barring an injury, barring a surprise. Geno out there, Monday night football, week one, Broncos at Seahawks. It's going to be fun watching Can't Russell wait. Wilson dominate that game. Can't wait. I don't know, man. They missed the memo from Fangio last year, which is, hey, you can always turn to Teddy. You can always turn to Gino. But I guess at the same time, when you're that, at that level, you know, knowing what we know now, we are one year farther into the future on our knowledge of Drew Locke. You can always go to Drew. It's the same thing. So we'll see. But unfortunately, that one juicy storyline of being able to go against Drew in his first game as a non-Bronco and Russ's first game as a non-Seahawk would have been dope. Andrew Lampy. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate all your support, as always. You know this, buddy. It can and it's still always... happen, though, the Drew Locke grudge match. If Gino gets hurt or he right. underperforms, Locke would right. step in. So <laughs> we'll find out. Stranger things have happened. Just ask Trent Green. Trent Green, preseason injury, gives way to Kurt Warner and the uh, birth of the greatest show on turf. We have a, a bona fide Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar in our midst. In fact, you might call Zeus McPeak the patron saint of Mile High Huddle podcasting because it was really Stu leading the way, Zach, when we first started doing these our podcast as a live stream. It was Stu leading the way in terms of us going, oh, people want this live. They like this. Throwing out super chats. We're like, we had to learn from Stu what a super chat was. That's that's how OG Zeus is. And now he's back in the in the native land uh, of the Mile High City. 
Great to see you, bro. Thank you for that super chat, Zach. It wouldn't be proper if we didn't do it. It's Thursday, so how about a throwback Thursday moment, Chad? On three, will you do it with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah One, yeah. two, three. Zeus. That Great felt to see good. you, big dog. Great Appreciate to see you. you so much, dude. Can't wait for I the d- football season. Hope you're doing well. There it is. I was going to say, I didn't even read what he said. It's almost time for football, says Zeus McPeak. Will be much better this year. Yes, sir. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're going to have some, uh, you know, we're going to have some bumps in the road. We're talking about a rookie coaching staff, head coach, first time ever in his position, all the coordinators, first time in their position. But the uh, the salve here, Zach, you know, that kind of heals it all and brings it all together is Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson is not a quarterback that is going to allow even a, the most incompetent head coach, I think, to fail. And I'm not saying – Knack, uh, Hackett is incompetent by any means. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of gravitas, that's kind of sand, the kind of metal that Russell Wilson has. I think Nackett might be a good nickname for him. Just combine <laughs> his name like Vangio last year. Nackett, yeah. You know, I'm excited, obviously, for Russell Wilson to see the Broncos starters in week one after not seeing them in the preseason. But I'm more excited for Nackett to shut up his detractors <laughs> and his critics for not playing the starters and, uh, all those narratives that are going along with all oh, the Broncos too soft. Should they have played the starters? Are they going to have a bad regular season because of that? Chet, we even took questions and seen comments that have questioned whether uh, Nathaniel Hackett should be on the hot seat after yeah. one singular preseason <clears throat> loss. So I can't wait for mm-hmm. him to get that monkey off his back on the 12th. Yet another Mount Rushmore super chat superstar. We love the Duchess. Wow. Thank you, Michaela. Uh, did you, I, Right after I sent you a message today on Twitter, Michaela. Oh, you did respond. Okay, good. We're square. So that's going back in uh, going back in the mail tomorrow. She says, and thank you. Very generous. We love you. I don't know what we'd do without you. That's the honest to God truth. She says, in the third game, that's the preseason finale, I want to see our lines, our O-line, our D-line improve. We need them desperately. Go Broncos. Zach, she, from her lips, to the football god's ears, we were lamenting this today. I was like this close to actually gnashing my teeth in terms of how bad the D-line was against the Bills. Mike Kliss's tweet illustrated it quite nicely. But, Zach, we got to see some improvement there, even from the twos and threes. Like, show us you've got some sand in your shorts. Talking to you, McTelvin Najim, I, I just I want to see, like you said, the backups – kind of uh, also shake off that performance against Buffalo and uh, put on some good tape, hopefully for the Broncos to use, or maybe another team after final cuts. But yeah, we did talk about this, Michaela on the radio show today. Maybe you tuned in. We were, uh, one of the segments was uh, talking about what are we looking forward to the most from the finale? And aside from knocking on wood, because I want no more injuries, like every other preseason game, I do want to see the rushing offense and the running. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a thousand dollar savings plan deposit for sixth through 12th grade. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.
defense get better because it just didn't cut the mustard against the Bills preseason or not. Okay, I'm going to show this, um, and then you'll see this perfect illustration that I'm that I'm talking about from Mike Kliss. I think we shouted him out day of, but look at this. This is an actual running play. All right, if you can see my Zach, can you see my cursor? Yes. Okay, this is the line of scrimmage ostensibly, right? Blue, white, and the, the red, white, and blue, baby. Here's the ball carrier. Look at this defensive line. Mm. I mean, you could drive a Mack truck through that sucker. Utter shambles. I mean, nobody is in position to do a dat gum thing here. One-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. Zach, these are all one-on-one matchups, bro. And they're getting dealt with. Dealt with. So this is this is what Michaela is also talking about. It's like, hey, step up. I couldn't see who that was off the edge that was way over committing to that run play. It's just bad performance all around. Bad yeah, I scheme, can't quite but tell either. Nathaniel Hackett did talk about that him and uh, Ejiro Evero, the DC, went over the game film and he was pretty blunt about what needs to be improved. So hopefully we see that come out in the wash, as you say, Chad, against mm-hmm. the Vikings. Phil McLaughlin, another one of our great supporters on Facebook. Love you, big dog. Uh, good evening, right back at you. He says, let's ride MHH for life. Appreciate that, Phil. And also Dennis Chandler. That's a that's a newer name throwing down some stars. Thank we you, appreciate Dennis. that, buddy. Helps keep the lights on. His question. Any possible good, solid D lineman you could see us <laughs> trading for or getting released from other teams? Zach, another topic we delved quite yeah. deeply into today with some help from an Eric Trickle uh, article, which is quite comprehensive. There's actually two of them, but the first one where he's going through – Hey, here's some guys at positions of need that could be cut, that are could be on bubbles of the different 31 teams. It's it's a long read, but it's an illuminating read. Yeah, top of my head, I think it was Akeem Hicks. Was mm-hmm. was that the name we were talking about no, earlier no, today? No, no, it wasn't Hicks. Uh, it was Spence. Uh, Akeem Spence. Akeem Spence. Yeah, what am I talking about? Uh, 49ers defensive lineman. I think you know uh, he could fit along the defensive line, but they're not going to find anyone right now that would be a slam dunk upgrade, in my opinion. We talked about like the Nadamik and Sue types. I don't want that locker right. room lawyer in the Broncos culture and making it all toxic. I-, I don't know who you pick up. Maybe Malcolm Brown, who the Patriots cut. He's a big body, but then you have a big body in Mike Purcell. You have a big body in DJ Jones. I don't think any of these guys would be an upgrade. It'd be a lateral move at best, and that's the problem. Uh, there was. A, I'm trying to remember a few of the names. I'm, I'm not going to pull up the trickle article because it's very long in a good sense, and then I'm scrolling too long, and you guys are getting bored. Okay, so uh, Andrew Billings is a guy to watch as a possible cut that could make some sense, at least as an upgrade over McTelvin Ajime, who, you know, Zach or myself could probably anchor as well as McTelvin Ajime is doing for the Broncos currently on the D line, and that means not at all. Like set hut snap Jensen freaking pancaked immediately that's might as well be McTelvin Ajime for all it's helping the Denver Broncos um but there's also some you know D-line I I like Wazarike's upside Zach but I'm a little worried in terms of you're going to carry him as on a roster uh and same with Matt Henningsen although I'm less worried what I'm about to say less so for Matt Henningsen but you're going to carry him on this roster because he's a fourth round pick with upside and yet He's probably going to take time to develop. He's probably not going to be able to make much of an impact for you this year. Based on what we've seen so far in preseason, like he's he's swimming quite a bit. Uh, so what do you do? 
Do you hold on to him because you don't want to lose him? Do you risk him to the to the waiver wire if you try to sneak him on the practice squad? I think Matt Henningsen, you might be able to sneak. Uazarike, I don't think you will. So the Broncos are in like a, a rock and a hard spot. They're good on the starting lineup, but as we know, Zach, the injury bug sometimes throws wrenches in things. And even those big uglies up front, though, even if the Broncos stay perfectly healthy with their starting D-line, they have to rotate, man. Those guys get gasped co-wick. So you got to have two or three other guys that can bridge the gap. And I want to say they're good on their starting line. We all like Draymond a lot. We all like DJ Jones, but they do have Deshaun Williams starting right now. And that's you question whether he's even a starting capable player. He's yeah. a, a longtime career backup, and now he's on the front lines for the Broncos. So I would like to see another name picked up, preferably. Is Malik Jackson still available? Because if he is, I'm probably making a phone call. He is. He's still available, at least according to the Trickle article. Now, that published to to yesterday. So unless it's changed since then, Malik Jackson is available. The How Duchess with another super chat, number two. Thank you, my friend. She okay. says, you say we won't find upgrades. Does that mean we are toast? No. No, I don't think there's upgrades like – I don't think there's no-brainer upgrades per se, Zach, like right now immediately. There are a few exceptions, but like – Malik Jackson, you're going to have to pay him. Like, how much do you want to pay somebody like that or Indomitian Sue? All right. Um, the best bet is waiting till the cuts come in and then seeing who, what you can do there. You know, you can upgrade McTelvin and Jim. You might even, Zach, be able to upgrade Deshaun Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, the sum of all their parts, they can be a really effective D-line. And fortunately, they seem to be in good hands with Marcus Dixon. And don't forget, they also kept along on the roster uh, Bill Kalar as a special projects coach, advisor, whatever title he has now. Yeah. Very renowned defensive line coach. So I think by midseason going into later season, the D-line should form together. But I wouldn't say toast, but you could see a couple moments where they're gashed up the middle because those players aren't yet uh, where they should be. And the good news, too, Michaela. All right, is the Broncos are going to be putting points on the board this time. So teams aren't going to be able to like right. impose their will with a ground right. game so easily this time around. Not to say that, you know, that won't happen ever, but I'm just it's, this isn't the Lock Bridgewater Simeon teams of of your day from Georgia, another legendary super chat superstar. Good to see you big dog. He says, "Looking ahead, who scores the first playoff touchdown since 15?" Hashtag Broncos country trivia. Who scored the last touchdown in the playoffs of the Denver Broncos? CJ. CJ. But then before that, it was, of course, uh, Malik Jackson falling on a fumble. Before my time, guys, don't roast me too much. I'm going to say it would be perfect (sighs) harmony if Russell Wilson had the Broncos' first playoff touchdown because he's the first legitimate Broncos quarterback to take the field since Peyton Manning. Um, I'm going to say Javante, though. The ground game is going to do more wonders than people are predicting despite having Russell Wilson in the passing attack. So I think they're going to punch it in whoever they're playing on the ground in that playoff game. Albert Knoppers saying one month to the uh, till the meet and greet got our tickets bought and a hotel booked. Looking forward to seeing y'all. We Same. are too, bro. Yep. Can't wait. Seriously. We were talking about this privately, the three of us earlier today, and we can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Uh, Cody Dub, what's good, brother? He says, ready to see KJ. He's got to gain trust in that leg. Do you think that's why they're going to play him? Nathaniel Hackett said he's going to see some snaps because the team wants him to to trust his leg. 
I mean, it has to be. I, I don't question his ability. Even KJ said, if I'm fast, I'm fast. If I can run by you, I can run by you. It has to be the <laughs> shake shake the rust off or get him some acclimation reps. I don't know. I just hope nothing goes wrong. That's all I'm saying. It's a risky proposition considering the injuries, plural, he's coming yeah. off of. I like that. If I'm fast, hey, I'm fast. If the sky's blue, the sky's blue. Andrew Baker, what's good, bro? He says, what's up, fam, Danley? I can't wait for week one. So who gets the ball the most against Seattle? Hashtag MHH for life. Uh, I think Pookie probably gets the ball the most against Seattle. What say you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the Pookie-dominated running game in the sense that he's going to be the 60-40 split, 65-35, 55-45, whatever. He's going to get the majority of carries unlike last year. I don't math at all. But – I'm going to have an article about it on the website coming soon. Nathaniel Hackett said, I don't know if it was a coach speak or a verbal slip, that he is going to give Melvin Gordon the ball a lot, and they look forward to what he can do. I don't know if it means as a pass catcher, as a runner, both, but don't discount Melvin Gordon in that backfield. No doubt. No doubt. Pardon me. And I think he's going to have a great utility value to this offense. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, he's he's a guy that has already proven in his pro career he can shine in the wide zone. Uh, Sam Bam, number two tonight. Love you, big dog. Are any starting positions still yet to be determined, in your opinion, or do you think the starters are set? Billy Turner, the starting right tackle. Montreal Washington, the punt returner slash kick returner. Anyone I'm missing. So returner, yeah, set. Right tackle set if Turner's healthy. But that if is a massive caveat, Zach. It's much more significant than people realize. Other than that, I'm tight thinking. End. Tight end. Good good call. Yep. Tight end. <laughs> All right. going hammer we're, we're watching Scott doing the ventriloquist. We're interpreting what he's saying. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, Albert O playing deep into the fourth quarter, Zach. Who's going to be this team's tight end one? 
I hope it's Alberto. I hope they don't get too impulsive and give up on that project because if you utilize him correctly and take advantage of his skill set, which are his hands and his pass catching ability, he's going to be a weapon. And you can never have too many of those. You just lost a big one in Tim Patrick. Why not harness what AO can do for you and not jump ship too early? So we shall see. What about wide receiver three? Because KJ on paper is that guy. And that's a starting job. But can he play starter snaps out of the gates, you know, because of his injury and whatnot? So let's just say the plan is to ease him into that. So who would be the next guy? Montrell? It would have to be. But then you're thinking about after that. I mean, the prospect of Montrell Washington as the wide receiver three is a far cry from Jerry Judy, who was the presumed wide receiver three when Tim Patrick was healthy. So after that, it becomes like, is it Brandon Johnson? We don't even know yet. There's a major competition at backup receiver, multiple spots. Brandon Johnson, Seth Williams. It seems like Tyree Cleveland, if he gets healthy and he's starting to practice again, he'll be a core special teamer who's going to make the Broncos roster. You have uh, Kendall Hinton is there in, in there as well, but there's a big drop-off after KJ, for sure. Zach, I would be remiss to not get your opinion on this, okay? Our, the the community, we haven't been able to chat with them since this news broke, but I was actually quite confident in Mike Shanahan uh, being able to at least advance to the to be in a final. No, no. The Hall of Fame snubbed the Broncos. We learned yesterday that both Mike Shanahan and Dan Reeves were skipped over for Don Coriel. How are you feeling about that? Because people who listen to the radio show, they they heard us talk about it, but Tell everybody listening now. It's just tougher coming off the heels of the Gratishar snub. It just seems like if it's not a slam dunk Bronco up for a nomination, they're not going to get in. If it's a fringe guy, they're just not going to get in. You can talk about bias. You can talk about uh, what the committee is thinking on these votes. But Shanahan has a resume that spans not just the Broncos, but another franchise. And he won multiple Super Bowl rings. I think Don Coriel deserves it, but there shouldn't be a quota like we think there is, Chad, of how many Broncos get in per year. It should be on a merit basis. And you look at the resumes of Gratishar and Shanahan, let alone Dan Reeves, they have the resume to get in. So it's very disappointing. Yes. I understand, like even Thomas Hall, who published our gut reaction uh, article today, he brings up the point that Don Coriel was long overdue and how most of this is this is Tom. Most of the modern offense we know today is thanks to Don Coriel's innovations. But I will uh, see your Don Coriel and raise you Mike Shanahan because I would argue Zach that Mike Shanahan from just a <clears throat> hey how did your innovations change the game is at least equal to the lasting impact of Coriel because what is the flavor of the day in the league right now offensively? It's that zone wide zone block that Shanahan pioneered. Of course, you know, he, uh, it was the brainchild if we're being perfectly transparent of Alex Gibbs, but it took a head coach going, yeah, I hear that. Let's do that. And having the stones to try something that frankly at the time was sketchy, uh, controversial, you know, you're going to go zone blocking. Wow. What does that even mean? You know, this is football. It's power man on man in a phone booth, you know, and now look at it. I mean, every, with very few exceptions, competent upper echelon offense in this league right now is running a version of that. Then you add on top of it, Coriel never won squiggy squat, all right? Mike Shanahan, ring as a coordinator in San Fran, back-to-back world championships as a head coach, 
I just don't think it's it's even close, if we're being honest. But perhaps the argument here, Zach, was that Coriel had been long-suffering and waiting for a long time and that Shanahan's day will come. What's crazy, it's it's his name is so synonymous with football. He even spawned a child in Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL now, whose system literally is still run by the Broncos. I don't understand it. I can just hope that Shanahan will get in eventually, but um, another snub for the Broncos in Canton. Yeah, so um, Wesley Woodyard, he was a high school safety. Albert O, he was a high school wide receiver. These things sometimes can be lasting and, and kind of echo into the future. I don't know if that really makes sense. Can you echo into the future? I don't know. I'm not much of a poet. But, Zach, Alberto, not great at blocking. Is that why they keep putting him in there until, you know, fourth quarter? And how much do you expect to see Alberto in game three? This is what's so frustrating, though. It's like he's a former receiver. Uh, he had an injury kind of racked acclimation to the NFL. He's still young. He's still growing. Use him as a wide receiver. You weren't keeping Antonio Gates and his basketball body on the line of scrimmage 100% of the time. You were using right. him as a pass catcher. And no, I'm not associating Alberto with Antonio Gates. I'm saying if you utilize him as a receiver, and by the way, you just lost a starting receiver in Tim Patrick, you can mine gold from that. So I'm not jumping ship. I'm buying into Alberto stock if I'm Nathaniel Hackett. The God King is in our midst. What? Yo, Mark Langley in the hizzy. Another legend, a Mount Rushmore superstar that needs really no introduction from us. He's Mark from Georgia. What's good, bro? We have missed you. Where have you been? He says, what's up, my guys? It's been a pleasure getting to know you, too. It's been fun, and it's been wild. So take care of the both of you. Always remember family first and always. Go Broncos. Is he trolling us, Zach? He's done it before in, a, in the best sense. By the way, Mark's got a lot of great things going right now with his family. Really cool developments in the in the Langley clan. So uh, this is always good news. But, Mark, we love you, big dog. I, I miss being trolled by Mark Langley. Regardless, though, genuine troll. It's good to see you around, Mark. Appreciate your uh, interaction with us. And it's been really fun getting to know you, too. Mark Langley is one of the coolest, most unique people on the face of the earth, as far as I'm concerned. We definitely appreciate your support. Church. Yeah, dude. Let me know how you're doing. Shoot me a, shoot me a text or something, big dog. It's great to see you. Um, Robert Otteson throwing down. What's going on, buddy? He says, hi from the number one Broncos fan in Nevada. This is cool. You're going to have to cross swords with uh, – who was it? Christian De, De Jesus. He's in Nevada too. I don't know. He says, I say we are going 11 and six this year. What are your predictions boys? And remember, get your MHH swag soon. Amen, dude. Amen. Checks in the mail for that. Thank you, Robert. But uh, Zach, you got a record prediction to satisfy Mr. Otteson? Well, hopefully crossing swords has a second connotation. I don't know about, <laughs> but I, 11 and six to me is what I predicted. I can definitely see 12 and five if things break correctly, but regardless double digit win season. And I think a playoff berth with Russell Wilson. Yes. Yes. Um, Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, I liked, I had fun doing this on uh, the radio show today, Zach. So I'm going to go ahead and do it again. Uh, bear with me real quick. Let me pull this up and we're going to do some scratch and sniff. All right. Everybody likes a little uh, show and tell, right? A little visual aid as we break something down. The only problem is PFR. I can't blow up the screen or else it gets all wonky. But let me show you something here. All right. Right here, Russell Wilson arrives with the Seahawks. 11 wins, 13 wins the next year, 12 wins the following, 10 wins the following, 10 wins the following, 9 wins. Uh-oh, first time in his career he dropped below double digits. That was year 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. The next year, 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, and then last year, of course, his worst season as a pro, injured, 7 and 10. So, Zach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 11. I think 11 and 6 is pretty fair, pretty fair. And – I mean, you can argue against it because of how stiff the AFC West is. But remember, this time around, Zach, the Broncos have a middle-of-the-road strength of schedule. Yes, they got a tough division, but a lot of their matchups outside division are are at least favorable in one, one degree or another. So I think 11 wins is, is a fair prediction. I think it's fair to say if Russell Wilson stays healthy for 17 games, as I knock wood, uh, the, the Broncos are pretty much assured of a wild card berth or at least playing for one come week 18. So, yeah, I mean, a, the, a, a win total raise increase of four after what the Broncos did under Vic Fangio going seven and 10, I think is fair with a better head coach and a better quarterback. So, yeah, 11 and six. Um, okay. Donnie wants. Let's see. He's got a question. I'm going to grab it. He says, what do you guys think about Brandon Johnson making the 53? Let's ride. Zach, you, I know for a time, were feeling pretty bullish on Johnson's outlook. How do you feel about it now? I still feel pretty bullish because I'm not overreacting to the Buffalo game. Everyone disappeared in that game. It wasn't just Brandon Johnson. And the Broncos offense has looked discombobulated in practice this week. It's not just Brandon Johnson. It seems to be a systemic issue going on right now for Nathaniel Hackett's unit. But I'd rather bet on his upside over that of Tyree Cleveland, who I think doesn't have much upside as a receiver. You need a possession guy. I, I love what Brandon Johnson did in training camp, what he put on tape against the Cowboys. I think he's a better possession receiver than Kendall Hinton, than Seth Williams, than Tyree Cleveland. I think he has a, a edge right now to get in on the 53. Hopefully. We'll see, man. I don't know what to make of that um, situation because – 
All right, you lose Tim Patrick. What is Tim Patrick? I mean, as far as the prototype, there's different kinds of NFL receivers, right? There's your burnt, your your speed demons. There's your kind of ball of energy guy, like that does both speed demon and ball of energy, like gadgety guy, like Tyreek Hill. KJ Hamler could maybe be one of those guys. There's your just straight up kind of skinny Robbie Anderson vertical threat guy. There's your 50-50 my ball guy like Cortland Sutton. There's your big bodied possession guy. I think Tim Patrick's more of that trusty big bodied possession guy with a little uh, 50-50 ball sauce. All right, so if the Broncos are looking to replace that, who fits the bill? Uh, Brandon Johnson and Seth Williams. Maybe, uh, what's his name, uh, Darius Shepard, the, the new guy from Green Bay. Maybe, but he's not that tall. If I remember right, he's 5'11". Uh, so I think it comes down to who's got the most juice and momentum right now between Seth Williams and Brandon Johnson. Neither had a game in Buffalo. So this game could decide that because I think it's it's Cortland, it's Judy, it's KJ, it's Montrell. Those last two spots, and I do think they're going to keep six. It's really tough to say who's who's really going to land those. I I think the main com- competitors, golly, Dale, Zach, the main competitors are Seth, Brandon Johnson, Kendall Hinton. I'll I'll throw one more. Jalen Virgil, for, sorry, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Jalen Virgil, the speedster, he he's looked really impressive as well. And I also agree, this game coming up against the Vikings will determine who gets that fifth and sixth spot and who's left on the outside looking in. So I'm excited to uh, see how that plays out. Thank you, Dale. Now, we have just like all of the Mount Rushmore legends hitting the stream tonight. Like Dale, thank you so much, brother. Very, very generous. You know, we love you. We appreciate you. We're looking forward to seeing you as well in just literally uh, a month's time. A month's time. Thank you, buddy. He says, I'm happy Jonas uh, may be cleared for the game. Jonas Griffith, in case you missed it. Hackett's feeling really optimistic. He will be good to go by week one. Then uh, Dale says, Randy Gregory's progress, encouraging too. The potential of pass rush coupled with this secondary has me pacing for game one. Albert O playing perhaps on the market for some reason, playing that deep into the fourth quarter, Zach. George Payton's got to get his draft picks. Interesting point that he brings up, and he's not alone, Dale, in the at least the wonder, right? It's like a, it's just, it's a query. You're like, hmm, we've seen this before. Was Albert O getting showcased, or do you believe Hackett that he was just really needed the reps? And anyway, Dale, love you, bro. Yeah, I mean, I know George Payton likes to have 10 picks per draft, and the Broncos don't have that currently for 2023, but I would rather hang on to Albert O than take a you know a fifth, sixth round pick for his services. I'd rather trade away Kendall Hinton if you're gonna just stockpile draft capital. But to your other points, Dale, uh Randy Gregory returned to practice today. So it's such a big boost for that Broncos defense. And I literally cannot wait to see what he, Bradley Chubb, Baron Browning, Draymond Jones, all of them can do on the field together at the same time. The pass rush, like you said, has the potential to go back to that Wade Phillips like league leading swarming unit. And I cannot wait to see whatever it was gonna cook up. Yes. I can't either, and I can't wait to kick it with with Dale and so many of our great community members. It's going to be fun. Uh, George Fox, it'd be great to see you as well, my friend, at the meet and greet. Week three, we're going to be there at the stadium hosting, hanging out, chewing the cud, having some fun ahead of Broncos Niners. George says, I would like to thank all of the MHH team for all the insight into the team all year. Denver Broncos for life, MHH. Very kind of you, buddy. And we want to thank each and every one of you for rolling with us every single day. You know, we've, I think, missed one, 
Well, since we changed our programming a little, Zach, I hate this. I love being able to say that we were the only true daily podcast in the sphere because we were literally Mile High Huddle had a podcast seven days a week, seven nights. But then when you and I relinquished Wednesday and moved in for Mile High Insiders to give them a Wednesday, we haven't replaced Saturday night yet. So now I cannot with a straight face say seven days a week, but you guys are here for all of that. And we love you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for your uh, support. And real quick, I just want to touch on this comment if I can from Dylan. Uh, Homage Apparel Company was nice enough to send your boy a shirt to show off to y'all. Check them out if you want. Not sponsored by them yet. I'm just saying. Uh, appreciate their uh, their shirt. Very nice. Terrell Davis. Love it. Anyway. It is dope. It is dope. Um, okay. Let me see here. Where are we at? We're at 35 minutes. We got some time. Let's grab this. Albert sent us the, the video to make sure we saw this. He says, did you hear about the fight with one of the great defenders of this era, Aaron Donald, hitting Viking players with a helmet? Two helmets. I- yeah, saw the video, Zach. It's uh, pretty wild. What What's your take on that? He was double fisting helmets, swinging them wildly. I, I just, if there is not a double standard, I mean, compare that to the Miles Garrett incident. I know right. that was a, a Monday Night Football game, and Mason Rudolph was helmetless. But Aaron Donald's supposed to be the poster boy. He's supposed to be the consummate veteran and pro. Just won a title. Why are you doing that in a joint practice? But I, I will say this: joint practices are so freaking stupid. All that happens are fights and injuries. Nothing comes from them at all. The NFL does not have jurisdiction over them. It's left to the teams that are conducting the practices. That should change because this cannot go on. Yeah, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if you're going to drop the hammer on Miles Garrett, granted it was on a game, in a nationally televised game and all that, but still, I would assume there should be some form of discipline uh, metered, uh, meted out metered out meted out to uh Aaron Donald I get it he's one of the league's premier guys but so was Miles Garrett maybe not quite at that time I mean even to this day not on the same level perhaps as as Aaron Donald in terms of marquee dudes not named or that aren't a quarterback uh but yeah if it's good for the goose Zach it should be good for the gander if the NFL doesn't step in, uh, it's setting a dangerous precedent because who's who says someone can't just shank someone out of practice and leave it up to the clubs to, you know, meet out punishment. The NFL has to step in here and uh, take care of Aaron Donald. That can't happen. He could have seriously injured. He could kill someone. I love this, by the way, Dave. Yes, it was actually um, Benny Fowler is the last one in, in you know conjunction with Peyton to score in the playoffs. But it wasn't a touchdown, right? It was a two point conversion. So for what it's worth, I love that, though. I love that. Um, Okay, so we are starting to get – we're we're starting to wind things down, and I'm just kind of skimming uh, through the chat here. Just make sure there isn't anything topically worthy that we have missed. And, yeah. All right, Zach. This was the topic of our stream, so let's get to it real quick, and then then we'll, we'll start wishing everybody good night. Um, at 38 minutes, let's get to the main topic of our podcast tonight. Uh, that's you guys, you guys, I mean, what podcast in the world can go into a stream or a program going, here's what we're going to talk about. And we don't talk about it till 40 minutes in because the community wants to talk about something else. I love that. Um, all right, Zach game two just simply wasn't pretty. Now you and I have differed in terms of the degree to which to react to that in in the implications of them and whatnot 
But I think it's pretty safe to say there was a lot that you didn't like that you'd like to see corrected. So if you want to see anything from these twos and threes and from this coaching staff improved over game two here in the finale, what would it be? I'm going to steal your answer from earlier today on the radio. And you said the will to win, you know, the the want to, the intensity going out there and looking like they want to play an NFL game, even a meaningless preseason one. So I think I think that was the correct answer. I, I want to see no injuries because it seems like everyone's dislocating an elbow every time the Broncos suit up. So hopefully they get out of there unscathed. And I just want to see just better execution overall. It wasn't just the lack of passion. It was the technical aspect that fell apart. It was missed tackles, missed assignments, and just the elementary errors they were making. I want to see all those corrected out of the backups. I want to see the running game do better than 1.8 and 1.9 yards per attempt. I want to see, as Andrew Lampy says here, yeah, linebackers and D linemen get off their blocks and then offensive linemen, especially in this zone scheme. I mean, you gotta you gotta have blockers. Eric Trickle wrote about this that in the two games the Broncos have played this summer, twenty pressures that this offensive line has uh, relinquished on Josh Johnson and, and Brett Rippon. So yes, Andrew, block and get off blocks. So I want to see the running game. I want to see the the, the blocking. I want to see defenders getting off their blocks. And then lastly, Zach making the tackle. Better tackling discipline and technique. Actually, one last thing. And it echoes what you said about the will to win. I want to see that this coaching staff recognized the situation and took action to fix it and that the intensity level, just show me intensity, man. Show me that you understand as individuals, if not as a team, but especially as individuals, that this game is a meaningless preseason game in the grand scheme. But to you as an individual, Brandon Johnson, to you as an individual, you know, uh, McTelvin Ajim, whoever, you're fighting for your NFL dream. You're fighting for your NFL life. Play like it. Let me see that. Yeah, uh, really well said. And I know Nathaniel Hackett's not fighting for his uh, coaching future in Denver after a preseason loss, but I want to see how he course corrects from an early sign of adversity. And that's something he even talked about, how they're going to respond and how it's actually a good thing that they're getting these learning tools now and growing from it. So I want to see the adjustments being made, like you said, Chad, not just on the player side, but the coaching side as well. Yes. And yes, we're, we're right there with those of you who are like, Hey, uh, can we get to the regular season already? Ron, we get to Ron Dub already, a super chat, superstar bonafide brings the questions thank you bro he says hey guys long time who will have more yards per game and who will have the most rushing yards per game pardon me and who will have the most sacks how many rushing yards for russ see all in september we're looking forward to that brother so let's start with the first one who's going to have the most rushing yards per game i think it's it's pookie yeah i think uh williams for sure because he's going to get the ball more and uh, whoever gets the ball more, I think we'll do more with it. So I'm going Williams. I think Melvin might end up averaging more, you know, touchdowns per game as a or fraction yards per game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, who will have the most sacks this year? That's a really interesting, intriguing question, Zach. I want to say Randy Gregory because I just can't wait to see what he's going to do in this defense, fully healthy and that shoulder issue, long-standing, finally corrected, playing across Bradley Chubb. He's going to be just a menace, I think, for 17 games at least. Um, but the easy answer is Bradley Chubb because what he showed in 2018 as a rookie in that in that uh, almost record-setting year for sacks, I think he's going to get back to that level where 12 could be a floor for Chubb. So I'll go him. 
I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be Bradley Chubb when the dust settles. Uh, Russell Wilson, rushing yards. Zach, I'll pull up uh, Not a PFR, lot. but do you have anything off the top of your head? I'd say like 200. I don't think he's had more than like three or four hundred in a season. He's not Lamar Jackson. He can run, but that's not really his game. So I'll say like two right. hundred yards and two on. touchdowns. Hold on now. Year one, four hundred eighty-nine yards and four tutties. Year two, five thirty-nine and one. Year three, the, the, my eyes were like, "What, really?" Eight hundred and forty-nine rush what? yards. Year three, year four, five fifty-three, and then year uh year five, two hundred fifty-nine. Uh, year six, 586. And then I'm going to skip ahead because it's in the 300s, 300s. 2020, that big season where he had 40 passing scores plus two rushing scores, Zach. He also rushed for 513 yards. And then last year, injured, missed some time, 183 for what it's worth. So I'm going to say this year, I'm going to, I'm just going to hedge and I'm going to say like 300 yards. Real quick, in that 800-yard season, how many yeah. passing touchdowns did he have? Uh, okay, so that, so that was 2014. He had 3,475 3, passing so, yards. So his passing numbers were lower and his rushing totals yes. were higher. So I'll say, yes. yeah, that's that's going to be the thing. I think he wins through the air. I mean, he can run a little bit on the ground, but it's going to be used in, in his arm. And especially at his age now, 34 is a lot different than 25, whatever he was then, 26. Michaela Israel, we got another great Michaela in our midst. It's great to uh, have you in the community. Appreciate you. She says, you guys are my favorite. Very kind of you. She says, I'm excited to be a part of the MHH Fantasy League. I really hope to see more fire on Saturday. Zach, how are things filling up in the league? Do we need uh, any further announcements? We need another plug because we have a, a few spots remaining. Again, guys, if you want a, uh, a spot on the MHH Fantasy League, $50 buy-in, standard redraft league. The draft is, I think, in 12 days or so. But email me or email us at mylahuddle at gmail.com. I will get you set up right away. Let me know. We want to see you there. Yes, we absolutely do. Zeus, with a second very generous super chat tonight. Thank you, Stu. Love you, Stu. What's your uh, what's our thoughts on the O line? Still seems to have a couple positions up for grabs. Well, left tackle locked down. Dalton Reisner at left guard. Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Quinn Miners is starting at right guard. That hasn't been officially stated, but if you look at what they do, not what they say, they've been protective of Quinn. He played a little bit on Saturday against the Bills, but then they pulled him like they would have won. Meanwhile, Graham Glasgow's been chopping wood like a like a depth guy would in the preseason. So uh, I think it's just right tackle. So overall, Zach, it's hard for me to say how I feel about this O-line because we haven't seen them yet as a unit. And we still don't know if Billy Turner is really going to get healthy enough to be the guy that Nathaniel Hackett thinks he can be. But I'm still pretty neutral in how I feel about the O-line. I think it's going to... I think even the twos and threes showed you that there will be some growing pains with this, you know, assimilating this scheme and transitioning to it from the power philosophy of Mike Munchak, Zach. What say you? See, what scares me is not just right tackle when your presumed starter is first practicing in late August after missing the entire offseason. It's what happens if Turner goes down. 
What happens if Reisner or Cushenberry goes down? The Broncos are one snap away from starting Calvin Anderson, Cameron Fleming, uh, Luke Wattenberg. It's not a good situation. So that's what concerns me most is how the backups are going to play out and the depth or lack thereof they have there. Yeah, like I said, though, I do, Stu, I do feel solid. It's just I think fans need to realize that even though they're the ones and you know you can expect them to be better than what you've seen from the twos and threes, I think it is emblematic that there will be a little bit of a learning curve as they're out there together going against first-team starting defenses in the first quarter of the season, let's say. Carla says, since Brett Rippon gets to start this week, is it possible he gets to be the backup in September? Is it possible? Hell, yes, it's possible. Is it probable? That's the question. And I think, Zach, if he goes out there and has a game in the first half, he'll have sewn it up. He'll have created enough separation for Nathaniel Hackett to go, okay. But see, coaches, man, they just, even a young, forward-thinking, innovative guy like Hackett, they love, they just cling to that veteran experience thing. It doesn't often avail them at quarterback when it comes to the journeyman backup quarterback game, Zach. So I think at this stage, Where's the upside? Who has the, the the more upside? Because Russ has shown you in his career, he hardly is ever going to be out of a game. So who has the most upside that you want to retain within the organization? I say I'm rooting for it to be Brett Rippon. Will it be him? It's entirely contingent on does he step up to the plate? I wouldn't read too much into him starting this game. Uh, the Broncos pretty much had to do it to give any semblance of a fair competition. And to Rippon's credit, he deserved it. He earned it, as Hackett said, after the Buffalo game where he outplayed Josh Johnson. But the upside is there. The physical tools are not. If it comes down to that, Josh Johnson's the better quarterback. And I still think it'll be Josh Johnson's job to lose, but he could indeed lose it against the Vikings on Saturday. That game will be the ter- the determining factor. Dennis? More stars, more questions. Thank you, Dennis. Which players will make this team, Zach? An interesting question here. Based on their special teams value. Let me throw one out. I'm going to remove the easy one. Montreal, Washington. Okay. All right. What else? Who else? The obvious answer is Tyree Cleveland. Because Dwayne Stukes cannot stop talking about him as a, quote, core special teamer. And Stukes was asked if he has any input in the final roster. And he said, if I do, I'm going to voice my opinion and he'll do it regardless. And I think he's going to go to bat for Tyree Cleveland, who is coming off a throat cartilage injury, basically a broken throat. A tough thing to come back from, I would say, Chad. For an NFL <laughs> I never player. heard that one before, dude, in the football. I got uh, he's out. What's wrong? Uh, broken throat. What? Yeah, that, that sucks for sure. But it seems like he's a big favorite of Stukes. So if um. If if he's any somewhat healthy, I think he might make it based on that alone. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I'll throw in Aaron Patrick as a possibility. I'm not saying it like a bold prediction, but he's in the running. Another guy, as Zach mentioned, that keeps getting brought up by Stukes as a core guy. Uh, he's a rush linebacker. He's an edge guy. Haven't really seen him do jack squat, but it's interesting, Zach. Pardon me. George Payton earlier this year referred to Aaron Patrick as a physical freak. Okay, cool. Von Miller's a physical freak, and it comes out in the wash. Aaron Patrick, if he's a physical freak, we need to see some semblance, some evidence of it on the field, don't you think? I'm pretty sure Jamarcus Russell was a physical freak. How'd that work out for him? (laughs) I I really don't care how these guys look in in shorts and T-shirts. I care if they can play. I don't think Aaron Patrick is making the 53 on – uh, as an outside linebacker, but we'll see. 
Yeah, and then Scott, of course, you know, back to the special teams thing, who makes it? The punter and kicker, right? Which is hopefully Corliss Waitman and not Sam Martin, who came back to practice today. But Yo, a new name? Wow. With a, with you, a big boy super chat. Thank you, Carter Gill. Very, very generous of you. Connect on Twitter, my friend. Thank you. Says uh, Javante Williams over under 1,200 yards. First super chat. Appreciate the podcast. Hashtag MHH. Hey, hats off to you, my dog. Thank you. Appreciate that, Carter. Uh, what's your answer over under Javante Williams rushing yards 1,200? See, I'm right there. I think he will be at 1,200. So I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm going to say, ooh, man, things being equal and him giving the opportunity and the Broncos offense clicking, I'm going to say over. I'm not going to say like 14, 1,500 yards, but I can see 1,250, 1,300 for Poogie. I'm going to take the under, not just as some kind of you know wedge um, gadget here, but because I think he's going to come in somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200, honestly. And you guys have probably can remember me saying that before on the on the pod but i think because of you know if this was a backfield zach comprised of javante williams mike boone you know uh tyreek mcallister whoever the heck I'm, i'm starting to lose track of who the backup 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 running backs are but then i would be taking the over because the broncos wouldn't have all that much choice but to ride javante come hell or high water melvin is going to vulture a lot of production and in today's game, dude, even with 17, just the way this thing has proliferated to passing and all that, it's just not as common for a back to get 1,200. I'm I'm saying he's going to fall right in between that pocket. I am saying, like, bold prediction or call it a guarantee by Chad Jensen, he's going to break 1,000. He will break 1,000 this year, Pookie. Chad, I cannot believe you forgot about Broncos legend C.V. Scott the third. You oh, know, in the, in the gun. Yeah, but, um, you know, if you boil down what 1,200 yards is by 17 games, it's 70 and a half yards a game. That's not a mm. lot for a player like Javante to get. If he gets the ball, though, it all depends on game script. If they don't have to pass, if they get a comfortable lead, they're going to run the ball more. If not, they're going to pass the ball more. But again, all things being equal, I can for sure see him uh, eclipsing 1,200. So here's here's something interesting, I just for the sake of it. Who is, this is trivia for everybody, okay? Who was the last Bronco back to eclipse 1,200 yards rushing? Ruben Drones. Booyah. All right. But guess what? Here's what's kind of a bummer. Willis McGahee, 1,199 <laughs> in 2011. Yeah, so that was Ruben Drones, a converted fullback in 2004. Before that, it was Clinton Portis in back-to-back seasons, 1,500 yards. Clinton, of course, became... That's that 2003 year, one of only three running backs in NFL history to eclipse 1,500 yards rushing. Oh, there's another component to it. And 15 touchdowns in each of his first two seasons or something like that. But I know the 1,500 yards thing. So all I'm trying to illustrate here, though, Zach, going dialing it back like that, some trivia, is that 1,200 yards, like you said, if you break it down by game, it doesn't seem like that much. But at the same time, you, you realize... Yeah, dude. Easier said than done. I think if, you know, to straw man, it'd be a lot more tangible if Melvin Gordon wasn't in the picture, you know, if he didn't yeah. have a uh, such a um, imposing backup behind him. But I, I could see him doing it. I can also not see him doing it. I think the best argument for Pookie breaking a thousand is, look, as the number two, he got over 900 last year. So what can right. he do as the number one? But uh, Zach, shall we uh, 
call it a night. It's been a great conversation, but let's dip on out of here. We shall. Thank you so, so much, guys and gals, for your contribution to the episode tonight. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. We are done for the week and back on Sunday night, same time, same place. But until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself, Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys would like some swag like you see Chad wearing right now, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merchandise, all new inventory at the all new website. Very, very cool stuff. Be sure to check it out when you can. And facebook.com slash pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't by now, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if anything, please, as you see ticking below you, do these three things really quickly. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really, really, really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yes, indeed. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. Sam Bam, Zeus McPeak, Michaela the Duchess, Dave from Georgia, Cody Dub, uh, Mark, of course, Mark from Georgia, Robert Otteson, D-Dub, loved, I got to say D-Dub more than once, Ron Dub. Good to see you, by the way, Ron. And Carter Gill, a first-timer. Love that Zeus McPeak. Seeing him in the stream as well tonight. So fun. Um, our Facebook supporters, Michaela, Israel, great to see you. Great to get to know you a little bit as, as we continue to uh, finish this NFL summer. It's almost over, guys. Andrew Lampy, Phil McLaughlin, Dennis Chandler, George Fox, Andrew Baker. Much love and respect. Uh, let me be sure to get this right. At tomorrow morning, Legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall. Catch yep. that. And yep. also tomorrow evening, I'm pretty sure it's Dove Valley Deep Divers, but it could yep. be Nick and Scott once more. So <laughs> you either way, know. be sure to check that out tomorrow night. See you guys later this weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 